Being a mom in 2024, many things are true at any given moment, and my goal with Mothercraft is to pull back the curtain on how mothers and parents are navigating this new and evolving world and role so that you can take what you need and so that we can feel like we're not alone in our experiences, good, bad, ugly, funny, and that we're not doing it wrong. You're listening to the Mothercraft Podcast the podcast that will help you feel less alone through pregnancy, the early days of postpartum, and throughout your journey of motherhood. I'm your host, Sarah Dunn. Let's get to the show. At some point during your pregnancy, in the early days of postpartum, or even in your first few years of parenthood, did you feel like you got launched into space without a clear way back to earth? Yeah, me too. And that's because the transition to motherhood is otherworldly, and it can make you feel super lonely and totally overwhelmed. Finding a feeling of groundedness and finding a rhythm requires a whole new set of skills and mental and physical fortitude that you just don't understand while until you're in it. And while you can do some preparation, it's not going to serve you holistically. At least, that was my experience. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you three of the core challenges I believe exist for new moms and new parents today and what I've done to navigate them. Notice I said navigate, I didn't say overcome. And that's because one of the things I believe is that these challenges will persist. And so we have to build the muscle of navigating them and managing them day in and day out. A little bit of background about who I am. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a mom a wife, a lover of the outdoors, a mountain town dweller, a sales professional, an endurance activity junkie, a fitness and movement lover, and a clean living and health nut, and a whole lot more. There are definitely more labels you can slap on me if you wanted. But all of those things I previously mentioned, I had been able to do with some level of confidence and competence without feeling totally overwhelmed or completely isolated. And that was not my experience in becoming a mom. How I tried to solve that and maybe even anticipate that subconsciously, like when I was pregnant, was looking for what was available for me to learn from. Like, where was the template for how to be a mom in modern day? Because it's hard. And surprise, I came up short. There is no template. That might be the bad news, but the good news is there are a lot of women and parents who are out there crushing it and successfully navigating what I believe some of the core challenges are that make being a mom and transitioning to being a mom super hard. So let's just dig into that a little bit deeper. I have asked so many people, why do you think being a mom today is so hard? Was it less hard for previous generations? Is it because we care more? Is it actually harder for our generation? And I think the truth is that becoming a mom or a parent has always been hard, Maybe previous generations just didn't have the luxury of talking about it, but I also believe that there are some distinct circumstances that exist today that presented us with some unique challenges. When I think about the areas of these unique challenges, I think of three key things. First is information, aka the information overwhelm. Second is how we think about identities today and the fact that women can be multifaceted and super interesting. And third, I think about community because the way we build community today looks different than every generation before us. So I want to dig into all of those because if you feel like this is hard or you feel alone or you feel overwhelmed, you are not alone. Okay, so the information challenge. The question that I often find myself asking 
is that even though we have access to so much, and maybe even because we have access to so much information, I find myself wondering, like, how am I supposed to sift and sort through everything that's out there and figure out what works for me? And I think that just having a lot of information is challenging. I think there is a layer and a nuance to the fact that the way much of what is communicated today is very much in this like polarizing this or that mentality. So you're either right or you're wrong. You do it this way or that way. The both and mentality doesn't seem super present. The gray area mentality doesn't seem super present. And the the idea that you could try something on and that it might not fit so you could try something else also doesn't seem super present. It feels like you have your kid on a schedule or you don't. You sleep train or you don't. You feed your baby or you do baby led weaning. We seem to live in a time where so much information lacks nuance and also exists in this sort of polarity where you have to make one decision or the other. And that's just not the reality of what we face or like how applying strategies throughout our days actually works. And so, yeah, sifting and sorting and finding what works is hard. The other challenge that I have found because I have seemingly lacked permission from the ether to tweak things to do them in a way that works for me is that I find myself in the position where it feels like I'm looking for an answer that just isn't out there. And that feels crazy because there's so much information that the answer must be out there, which leads me to another point that I feel like having access to so much information has quieted or muddied our instincts. I think it totally makes sense that that's the case because when you overlay this access to information with a generational sense of not enoughness that often shows up in perfectionism, I often look externally for how things should be as opposed to looking internally and trusting my gut and applying decisions and strategies that work well for my family. Here's kind of a funny story that demonstrates my total misalignment with like having access to information, lack of intuition, and just like moving forward anyway. So I was 37 weeks pregnant. I was lying in bed and I felt a rush of fluid. Okay, so I go online, I Google rush of fluid. And by the way, internet, thank you for being super fear-mongering when it comes to pregnancy. Like it made me think something was totally wrong. But the thing that felt like a total disconnect is that I didn't feel like something was wrong. I also didn't feel like I was in labor. I didn't have contractions. I didn't feel an increase in pressure. I did find some resources online that were like, oh, it could be no big deal. But because there's so much information, and I basically am at a point where I both trust and distrust all information, and also I just trust myself sometimes, I called my doctor and she told me and my husband to come in. So we pack up our hospital bag at 4 a.m. We drive over a 3,000-foot mountain pass. I get checked into the ER only for them to test the fluid and tell me that I had peed my pants. So, of course, we laughed. That's ridiculous to drive over a 3,000-foot mountain pass in the middle of the night to have somebody tell you that you've urinated all over yourself. But I would be lying if, if I didn't tell you that I also felt some sense of shame. And I think that this distrust compounded with quieted instincts combined with this access to information it makes me feel like we should be able to figure this all out on our own. And the truth is, we shouldn't have to figure this all out on our own. Previous generations did not do this on our own. This idea that we need to figure it out on our own is silly. And 
To drive this point home even more, what I'll tell you is how this all ended. When I got back, I shared with many of my friends who were already moms what had happened. And I am not kidding you, every single one of them told me that the exact same thing happened to them. And it was then that I started to realize, maybe while not consciously, but definitely subconsciously, I realized the immense value of conversation with women and with people who are in a similar stage of life as me. Okay, so that's information. Information is challenging. We could probably talk about that. Like for hours, I won't. Challenge number two, how do we jigsaw our identities back together in 2024? Basically, becoming a mom isn't just an initiation from girl to woman via motherhood. Women have made so much progress and we get to benefit from this. The generations before us really charged the way in the sense that we get to be multifaceted. We can work and hold high positions. We can travel and experience the amazingness of the world. We can excel in sports. We can have a vibrant social life. And none of this has to be mutually exclusive. And in thinking about the fact that we don't have a good template for today, it makes sense because the generations before us worked so hard for women to be able to be multifaceted. And they had to in essence, minimize or internalize domestic life and being a mom. They weren't loud and vocal about being a professional and a mom. For them, it was mutually exclusive, or at least maybe it appears that way. They were trying to break free from the idea that female identities are just homemakers and moms. So maybe mom got shoved out of the picture a little bit. So we don't have a good model for how to jigsaw the motherhood piece into our identity. And it makes total sense. We literally have to tell a story about how we can be both end. It seems logical, like we don't have strong models for this. It doesn't mean that it's not still challenging. Like, okay, yay, we get to write this new story. I think the thing that I have found when it comes to identity is I'm often sitting with a lot of conflicting thoughts, right? One is, Do I care about the things that I cared about pre-baby? Two is, like, I care so much about the things I cared about pre-baby. I'm just frustrated that I can't excel in all of the same areas. Three is, like, am I doing the mom thing right? Like, which piece of my identity is most important? Am I bad for caring about things outside of my baby, for things outside of my commitment to fitness and my work? How do I want to define myself now? So basically, I just think the conversation about identity has like fundamentally changed and we need to redo the entire thing. We need to retell and rewrite the story so that new moms today can see how new moms today are jigsawing their identity back together and showing the variation in what's working for women today. I think as we sit with all of those questions, the one thing we can know is that identity is going to be a continually evolving journey, and the best we can do is give ourselves some grace as we navigate a new world and how we want to show up in it. The third piece is community. Community today is different, and for better or for worse, we don't live amongst larger family. People are choosing to have kids at all different ages, so it's not like your classmates or even your colleagues are all having babies at the same time. And this created for me some intense feelings of loneliness and wondering, like, who can I lean on for help? Where are the other moms going through what I'm going through, or at least having some version of an experience I can learn from? 
I live in a small mountain town where people are obsessed with extreme activity, and many of my friends pre-baby do not intend to have kids. So I can learn from them just like in how they navigate life, but they definitely can't relate to me in some of the unique challenges of becoming a mom. So what that's resulted in is I've had to really lean into my remote community. I've had to lean into other working moms, other highly active moms. I've had to reconnect and strengthen my relationships with people that I've met throughout my life who have littles right now so that I can learn from them. And by the way, let's all just pause for a moment of gratitude for social media. Not something I do often because it's uh, social media. I'm honestly grateful that I've stayed connected to these women and that I've been able to reach out to them so easily and ask them questions. And honestly, what I've learned and what I've seen in all of my outreach is the openness and willingness to share And so what I've taken away from that is while building my local community is going to take time, there is a whole network of women who have gone through this or who are going through this, who are happy to talk and happy to share and happy to help with the transition to motherhood. So I'm not here just to talk about what what the challenges are. While sometimes naming the challenges and not having a solution is totally valid, There have been things that have helped me throughout pregnancy and in my first 17 months of motherhood, and it falls into two buckets. One is conversations with other new moms and new parents, and the second is finding professionals that I align with. So let's talk about that. Learning the experience of others is what I have found to be most valuable. While often wildly different from me in their goals and where they live and even how they want to parent, hearing the questions that they walked themselves or their partners through to reach a decision and just hearing their thought process has been immensely helpful. And I really think it's important to call out that I have many friends and a broad network of people that have distinctly different goals for me. So their decisions are different, but it's hearing the questions that they talk through and how they arrived at the decision that has been most impactful. I think the other thing is that hearing their thoughts about every area of growth that we have on this journey has also been helpful. It has been in conversations that I've normalized how persistent body dysmorphia is and that it rears its head not only in pregnancy and with yourself in postpartum, but how those same thoughts and conversations sort of permeate how we think about modeling our relationships with food for our children and how it shows up really intensely when you introduce solids to your kids. It's in conversation that I've talked about mom guilt and what role it plays in so many decisions we make. Like, when is it best to like, be the badass that you know you are and get the damn thing done and like move through the guilt for not being totally present with your kiddo? And like, when is it best to just soften and like let go of the idea that your identity or like what others think of you comes from the fact that you've always been the person that follows through? Like, when do we need to let go of our hustle culture attitudes that have driven us for so long? It has been in conversation that I have learned to communicate more effectively and gotten ideas about how to communicate effectively with my partner. I mean, just as an example, 
I've had many conversations about being the breastfeeding parent and how it requires a level of obligation that non-breastfeeding parents just simply cannot feel. And that, yes, I need to acknowledge that there is a level of joy and connection that our partners don't get either. But gosh, that obligation, it's so hard and so real. So it has been in conversation with other moms that I've learned how to communicate less angrily and more clearly with my partner to feel heard, right? Not going to change anything just to feel heard. It is in conversation. I have talked about navigating other relationships in my life. Like what is the value of having non-mom friends who don't get me at this moment in time? Do I judge those non-mom friends for not asking me about my kid when we hang out? Some days, yes. Some days, no. Most days, no. What is the value of having mom friends in the same space or mom friends who are ahead of me or behind me? It is in conversation that we've talked about, you know, holding and setting boundaries. Man, do I think that as soon as you become a parent and become a mom, the opportunity to become an expert boundary setter is available daily and honestly, like throughout every day. It's there if you if you want to learn how to flex and build that muscle. It's in conversation that I've talked with my colleagues and people that work in different industries about how much my professional identity has shifted. I mean, honestly, in the early postpartum days, I definitely entertained the thought of being a stay-at-home mom. And maybe it's because I had some level of anxiety and just thought nobody else could take care of my baby. It's also not a choice. But on the other side of that same coin, I've talked with professional women about how after growing and birthing a human, we exude a level of confidence that has permeated our professional choices and that has literally made me believe that I can do anything I want and be anything I want to be and how I want to model that for my baby. So grateful for that confidence. And now I'm going to bring it into my professional self. It is in conversation that I've talked about self-care and movement and space for hobbies. Like how does it all, how does it all fit together? And are you frustrated on the days that you don't get to do the amount of self-care that you would like to do that you know is good for your family? And how do you just surrender to the chaos that is? And also, when you think about hobbies and introducing hobbies to your kids, is it like, on what days do you bring the babies and on what days do you leave the babies and go some at the top of the mountain? Also, just a question here, like, where is the line of selfishness and self-care? Is there really a difference? How do you grapple with that? By the way, we could get real meta there if you want. What I've learned in my many conversations is that while styles may fundamentally, styles and goals may be fundamentally different. The through line for me is this. Most of the parents that I've connected with want to do a good job and they want what's best for their kids. And that is enough for me to listen and to take what I need from their stories and their advice and to leave what I don't. Second piece, beyond my conversation with parents, my obsessive reading and research has led me to find some professionals that have helped me when I've spun out and when I felt stuck. And trust me, I've done a lot of research to find people. Where I've really landed and the general theme with the resources that I have found most impactful for me are professionals who present the information and they want to empower you to make the best decision possible for you and your family, as opposed to telling you what to do. So this is what we're going to do throughout the journey of this podcast. I'm going to introduce you to these folks, to these moms and these experts, so that you can feel connected, empowered, informed, 
and not feel overwhelmed and isolated. Honestly, the goal here is to make more widely available the conversations that moms have so that you can hear variation in how moms and parents are doing this thing called parenthood in 2024, and so that you can hear from some of the professional resources that have helped me. Again, take what you need, leave what you don't, really, so we can all feel a little bit more confident in our journey. I will also periodically touch on my story, which is as similar and different from those as the people I will be interviewing. I'm sure at some point I'm going to share some of my experiences, like what was it like to be pregnant with an ingrained compulsion to exercise, a long history of body dysmorphia, and a baby who definitely didn't want me to do anything high intensity growing inside of me. I also want to cover what it's like to be a geriatric patient. What is it like to build a community and find support in a rural mountain town where everyone does extreme activity and where many people do not want to have kids? I will also touch on what it has been like to rework my professional identity, which honestly, pre-pregnancy was at least 75% of my identity. And by the way, if my husband was here, he would say that pre-pregnancy, it was 99.999% of my identity. There will be a lot more than just those themes, but those are some of the themes I intend to talk about. So let me leave you with this. There's a saying that's popular right now in motherhood that two things are true. And what it relates to is how moms often experience two opposing thoughts at one time. My feeling and my experience is that moms are living with something much more complex than that. And it's that many things are true. We are not just two-dimensional. We are now on this journey of life with an intense, complex matrix of feelings and thoughts, and that can make us feel so overwhelmed and often make us feel isolated in wondering, are we the only ones having these thoughts? Being a mom in 2024, many things are true at any given moment, and my goal with Mothercraft is to pull back the curtain on how mothers and parents are navigating this new and evolving world and role so that you can take what you need and so that we can feel like we're not alone in our experiences, good, bad, ugly, funny, and that we're not doing it wrong. Thanks for hanging out with me today. To continue the conversation and learning, follow me on Instagram at mothercrafting. I'll catch you here next week.